Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast on the left, babe. Go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like. And three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape, put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. A roast as dark as the night. Perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Springheel Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? We've covered so many horrific things in this last two weeks. Like what? I know. (laughs) I know. I mean, honestly, what a light trip through Canada this has been. But I will say... (laughs) This episode might feature some of the worst stuff we'll Uh. cover. And what I'm talking about is the rapping. I'm talking about (laughs) how much rapping has entered our world through Paul Bernardo's horrible tinged worldview. Wow. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm Ben Kissel, and I'm here to say... Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben. Does it rhyme? Does it fucking rhyme? And Marcus. No, that's just an intro. I'm Ben Kissel, and I'm here to say I love cheese in a horny way. Yeah. There we go. Rip, 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 rip. You, you are as good as rap as that serial rapist Paul Bernardo. Yeah. Well, a compliment I did not expect to have today. Okay, everyone. We are on to part three, and as Henry said, trigger warning, be warned, gold star, this episode. I mean, these guys are about as bad as it freaking gets. Carla Homolka and Paul Bernardo. This more gets a gold star for cringe. Today. Yeah. 
Now, when we last left Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamolka, the police were very, very slowly starting to close in on Paul as a suspect for the crimes he committed as the Scarborough rapist. But as far as Carla and Paul's two murders went, police couldn't have been further away from pinning the kidnapping and dismemberment of Leslie Mahaffey on Paul and Carla, and Tammy Hamolka's murder had been ruled an accident by a lazy, drunken coroner. As far as I'm concerned, she's, she's alive. <laughs> she is definitely dead. Yeah, but honestly, yeah. in a way, are we all dead? Because if you know you're going to die, and honestly, drink up. <laughs> if you know yeah. you're gonna hang on a butt that liquor down there and go like my friend. Yeah, Merry frickin' Christmas, not oh, to her family. Fuck, I'm on the clock. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Please, God, just do your job better next time. She's alive. <laughs> no, she is dead. Police were so far off base investigating the murder of Leslie Mahaffey that they'd spent no less than $4 million investigating the aforementioned Peter John Stark instead of anyone else, oh my naturally God. with no results. What did they do? Have like a cardboard box and put a little poutine in it with a string attached <laughs> and be like, yes, once he goes and grabs the poutine, we pull the string, he's in the box. Listen, <laughs> if we go on a fishing trip this weekend and we just say the words arrest him, we can charge <laughs> it back to the bureau. <laughs> Four million bucks for what? For, you know, bait, shackle, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you got boat rentals. <laughs> Now, when Carla and Paul's house was finally searched by the police long after this, investigators found a library of books in the hundreds that could easily be mistaken for our own research library here at Last Podcast on the Left. Oh. But their motivation for reading these books and the charge they got out of them were starkly different from our own. Like, we're trying to formulate over the last, like, 15 years or so how to commit the perfect crime. What are they trying to do? <laughs> uh, Henry, you, you're supposed to... God damn it. What we are, are studying human nature and psychotic uh, nature and psychosis and, like, what does it mean to be human? Oh, they yeah. They are the ones trying to have the perfect crime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, satire. Yes, I know. That's why you, <laughs> satire. You have all those books on mystery farters. <laughs> how, to, how, to, how to hide poops from your wife. <laughs> well, in addition to numerous true crime books and serial killer biographies like The I-5 Killer and The Confessions of Henry Lee Lucas, mm. Carla and Paul also owned a good number of satanic panic books like the Ultimate Evil by Maury Terry, which oh we speak goodness. of extensively in our current live show. And come check us out in North Carolina. We're going to be there, Charlotte, two weeks from this weekend. You got to check us out. And then Raleigh. That Absolutely. is in, where's that? In uh, North Carolina. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to be there. You got to check it out. We're going to be ripping all the way through the Carolinas in two weeks from now. Absolutely. <laughs> Can't wait to see you guys in the Carolinas. Get those tickets. Now, as I said, these books could be found in the library of any student of the macabre. Ooh. But what truly set Carla and Paul's library apart was a well-worn copy of the Compendium of Pharmaceuticals and Specialties, with the entries for the drugs Halcyon and Halothane earmarked and highlighted. So nerdy and stupid at the same time. <laughs> this is before, you know, this is before Google. And yeah. back then you had to read books to figure out how to poison and kill people. Yeah, that's how I learned to masturbate and shave. Wow. The encyclopedia. But also, it'd be, it'd, they might as well have just circled the paragraphs and have said, important for our crimes. Right. <laughs> well, this happens quite a bit, actually. Remember this happened with Ed Gein? He had yeah. that copy of Grey's Anatomy, and the only two pages he looked at were the ones for vulvas. <laughs> you know, everybody's always got, interested in it. Everybody's got a flavor. <laughs> yes. 
But all that's the nonfiction. To scratch their novelistic itch, Carla and Paul, but particularly Carla, absolutely loved American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis. I love it too, though. You know, full disclosure. It's a great book. I actually kind of feel bad for this guy because he wrote a kick-ass book and a lot of douchebags loved it for the wrong reasons. It's what happens. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, uh, what is it? uh, Catcher in the Rye. I love being a part of the world of Wolf of Wall Street, but guys that like finance guys that view them as heroes are a different stripe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. Now, this highly graphic book about a yuppie serial killer came out after Paul and Carla began committing crimes together. Hmm. But what's startling is that there are massive similarities between Paul Bernardo and the main character, Patrick Bateman, almost as if Brett Easton Ellis had channeled Canada's worst citizen. I will say not in their interest of music. Thank no. God. Can you imagine if Patrick Bateman just put on like NWA? <laughs> like uh, This is the classic. Honestly, that, he would be correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both were yuppies who would obsess over their looks and flex in front of the mirror. (laughs) Both treated women like objects and sexually degraded them. Both used Halcyon in some way or another, and both made videos of their girlfriends having sex with other women. Both men even had a similar sexual assault MO. While Paul forced wine bottles into the orifices of victims... Mm. Patrick Bateman used hairspray cans. Mm. Both also participated in dismemberment, although Bateman had a habit of torturing victims with fire before he killed them. But it's also important to remember that American Psycho was a social satire. Technically, Mm -hmm. it's a very funny book if you read it as if all of this stuff is purposefully highly exaggerated. Yeah, if you don't see him as a role model, it's Mm -hmm. quite humorous. So I suppose the movie, obviously I didn't read the book, shocker alert, uh, (laughs) but the movie, I guess, toned it down a little bit then because I don't remember him lighting anybody on fire. It's hard to get away with certain things. And also it's a part of it. There is the idea of some of these things might be physically impossible for you to do mm. that mm. and that's why it's like what is the is this just a person's very intensely detailed fantasy life right right mm-hmm. but outside of their macabre interests paul and carla were also huge fans of the simpsons yep and taped every episode <laughs> i Although, mean you can't this even... was the good simpsons to be fair it was this was the Actually, best time period Actually, this wasn't quite the best time period. This is season one and two. This is before the show really hit its stride. This is Tracy Ullman. Yeah, the Tracy Ullman design when it's like Homer was like, Bard, you are annoying to me. Like it wasn't even (laughs) even having a voice. But it was still authentic. And Matt Groening was still working very hard. He didn't know if he was going to make it in this life. It wasn't before he did all his weird feet sucking. Matt Groening's a weird man. Okay. (laughs) In other nods to some sort of normality, Carla and Paul also had pets. In addition to their Rottweiler buddy, Carla and Paul also briefly had a pet iguana named Spike. Yeah. It's a good but, name for an iguana. Yeah. But as anyone who's hung out at a weed dealer's house in college knows, <laughs> iguanas are difficult animals to raise, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because they seem to often be owned by extremely impatient people with little empathy. <laughs> it's really true. A lot of times, every iguana I have seen, besides, I have a, I had a good buddy that really did love his iguana, and his iguana yeah. used to come out, and like, they used to like cuddle, they used to hang out, and that and kind of thing. And don't worry, all you fucking iguana people, we don't need emails talking about how you love your iguana, and you how do. your, your iguana's iguana your best heads. friend. 
friend. We know you do, but we have <laughs> people. I know people that also get these types of animals because they seem to be quote unquote easy to take care of. But mm-hmm. then they live in a fucking cage all day and they don't do anything. They feed it. They get really smelly. They get covered in their own shit. And it's very sad what can happen to an iguana. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's a lot of great iguana parents out there. You're right, yeah. but if it came out of your pussy, you need to call a fucking doctor and then the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, case in point in this lack of empathy was Paul and Carla. Spike the iguana was a biter, and like all iguanas, it used its tail on anything it saw as a threat to whip hard enough to break the skin. You ever been whipped by an iguana before? No, I've never even really tried to touch an iguana unless it's like, when my buddy had his super friendly iguana, I like pet its little head, but I also kind of gave it a lot of distance. He's going to need a license for that tail in Reno because they just banned whips without a license. (laughs) But do you know what's so funny? It's a conceal and carry state. Yeah, exactly. You can have a gun, but you can't have a whip. Isn't that wild? What a world. Well, when Spike whipped Paul, Paul grabbed the lizard, took it to the kitchen, and decapitated it with a knife. He is such a fucking little pussy baby. The the account of this is just such a pain in the ass because the iguana bit one of Carla's friends. He was hammered. He's up in his rap room. We're going to talk about this a little bit later on. Again, he left the E off of it. Uh, He couldn't couldn't go up there. He came down. She's all freaking out. The iguana bit me. And he's being like, oh, this little fucker's going to bite you. Uh-huh. And then he goes in, it whips him. He has this like full on temper tantrum because right. no one can ever threaten Paul's power in any way, shape or form. Not, yeah. especially not an iguana. No so way. he picked it up and the first thing he did was throw it against the wall. So he threw it and then it still lived and it's in, it's really strong. But then he also, then he picked it up. He's like, oh, you saw me? You're going to fucking whip me, buddy. Oh, and he my. goes and he fucking, he went at it with a knife over and over again. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Now this wouldn't necessarily be worth mentioning. Had it not been for what Carla did to the body afterward, (laughs) she took the corpse and dug through its guts until she found the lizard's tiny testicles. She said, I guess, I guess Spike was a boy after all. Why the fuck did she go digging for its nuts? Um, Because she's a a squirrel. She's a fucking (laughs) psychopath. Oh my God. He killed the iguana. She freaked out for a second. Apparently she was crying and screaming, but then she was like, Oh, and went up to it and just vivisected it. She just cut it open and and took all its skin off. She said like it looked like a little suit. What what kind of Wednesday night is this in Canada? What's happening? Yeah, she flayed the creature and hung the skin in the garage. So perhaps Henry was correct when he said that these two, had they stayed on track, might have become bona fide serial killers if they continued to commit crimes together. Sounds Sounds like they're more cold hearted than an iguana. I mean, I'm going to posit this, cold-blooded. and I'm going to posit this later on as well. Why I think they would have sh- went, they were going straight into killing people, especially Paul mm. and Carla. Carla liked the rough sex and the torture. That's what mm. she liked. She liked all of that. She didn't like the killing because yeah. she couldn't handle it. She did not like it for so, like because obviously because that's too much for her. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you just like the frosting, but you don't like the bread and the yeah. cake because you're on a diet or something. If you've got frosting on a bread, then you really need to sit and think about your priorities. Well, man. it's kind of bread. <laughs> cake is kind of a bread. Uh, let's think of a cinnamon roll. A cinnamon roll is somewhat bread with bread. frosting on it. Yeah. So like, I'm, not a, I'm not a fucking bakery lawyer. No, you're not. All right? I can't sit here and decide <laughs> what dose or what. I'm not certain. I'm in the middle of the new Great British Baking Show. Yeah. I actually didn't see. They did no. have a thing with yeasted bread currently, yeah. which also, again, I don't it doesn't like the sound new like one. anything. I don't like the one i tried to watch it i don't care for it yeah 
We're going to end this conversation right now. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You, you, I like are, you it. are you telling me you don't like the helmet the or what's his fucking I name? I like the, the old the host. German guy. I like the old host. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I like I they have grown on me. I like Noel and I like uh, the bald guy. Okay. Yeah. Now, by April of 1992, Carla and Paul were on the lookout for a new sex slave because Carla hadn't really enjoyed the girl she'd recruited from number one pet store, the aforementioned Jane Doe. Carla she said she bummer. hadn't had as much fun. Yeah, because she was a bummer and mm-hmm. her mom was like all involved and she had to go and deal with all of this shit and they couldn't just have her as a sex slave. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh. So Paul started stalking once again without really hiding what he was doing. And I can't really figure out whether it's because of stupidity or arrogance. I think right in the fucking creamy center of that. <laughs> hey, hey, Pam, do you notice like a like a dumpier vanilla ice in the hey, bushes? Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Are you stalking us? Yep. Yeah, I'm doing that from afar. I'm doing it from afar so you can't oh. really tell. Name's Paul. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. You remember all those crimes in Scarborough? Yeah. Not me. Okay. <laughs> On opposite day. Oh, so it was you. Maybe. Hey. Let's go, Pam. All right. Hope you're going to work. Love where you work. <laughs> People who frequented an area around a local coffee shop noticed that a man with a camcorder in a sports car was driving around recording women. And police even noted that a gold sports car had been cruising St. Catharines with its headlights off. This guy's too flashy to stop. My main thing is the reason why I don't want to even investigate this guy is because I look so fat on camera. And I don't know if it's the gun belt. I don't know if it's the shield, but I just can't be on camera right now. It's probably the weight. Uh, Elliot Rogers and this guy. Very Douche, close. Douchier. Who's douchier behind the wheel? Oh. Elliot Roger. Yeah, yeah, Elliot Rogers. I guess he did commit uh, the crimes the, from behind the wheel. The Elliot Rogers the king. <laughs> All right. But as it always was, police pulled him over for the infraction, then sent him on his merry way. Because Paul had never been arrested, nor even entered into the system despite the fact that he was obviously a sex criminal. It also proves he's not a real rapper. Um, because all of them have rap sheets <laughs> and this is just more evidence that he is like not even respected by law enforcement enough to be seen as dangerous. <laughs> now, after stalking multiple women who all knew that someone was stalking them, oh. Bernardo noticed 15 year old Kristen French and thereafter began following her home to watch her undress through her window. See, this is him escalating. Jesus. Like, this is what I'm talking about, is that he went from what was easy. Yeah. He went from what was in his direct vicinity and what Carla brought to him, ostensibly, right? Like, pretty much, she was the honey trap. She was bringing mm-hmm. people in, making people feel normal. This is Paul starting to go off on his own. Like, yeah. I really do think that if he, if murder was going to quickly become his M.O. Well, he'd already brought Leslie Mahaffey in. But still, the stalking aspect of it has increased. The stalking aspect has definitely increased because he's he's driving around looking for basically the the perfect victim. He's creating profiles. Yeah, it's not just looking at seeing a girl on the street and thinking on the uh, the spot what you know. Let me go do what I do. It's 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 searching. It's hunting. Mm -hmm. He's extending. He's extending his fantasy. Yeah. So, because the, like, the stalking is obviously a part of the sexual play for him, right? It's a yeah. part of him saying, like, I'm a predator. I'm I'm in charge of this person's life, and they have no idea. So he's mm-hmm. Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein rolled into one douche. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. but without all the money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before long, Paul had decided that this girl was the one. So he and Carla enacted a plan to kidnap the unfortunate soul. Carla 100% participated in this. 
As Kristen was walking home, Paul and Carla pulled up in Paul's Nissan to ask for directions. Now, this was common because St. Catharines was built on a confusing radius, kind of like San Antonio, and people asked for directions all the time. But just as French noticed that Carla was actually looking at a map of Scarborough, Paul made his move. He held a knife to her throat and forced her into the car, threatening to kill her on the spot if she talked. He then blindfolded her as Carla leisurely drove all three of them back to their home. Once they arrived, Paul and Carla disconnected all the phones in the house, save for one with the answering machine connected, because they always made sure to promptly return calls when they had a sex slave, lest someone drop in. At some point, you must assume when you're getting a call back immediately from Paul and Carla, you're like, ah, they must have a sex slave in. Because normally they don't get in that fast. Normally they're actually pretty slow to respond. Right. So after Paul watched Kristen go to the bathroom, which seemed to be Paul's MO for starting any kidnapping, that's for some reason that's how we like to start it. I think it's about, it's debasing you. It's showing you you have no power. Yeah. He put on a tape of Ice-T's original gangsta and forced Kristen to drink screwdrivers. After Paul committed the first rape of what would be many over the next couple of days, Carla oddly went into a sort of caretaker mode, cooked some chicken for Kristen to eat. Paul then switched the tape to LL Cool J and raped Kristen again. She has begun this litany now. If you believe part of what she says, I believe sometimes the way she describes the way things play out, I see there must be a middle way here. Hmm. Where she has begun to tell Kristen during this time period, Paul and I are just friends. We're not in love anymore, right? This is hmm. Paul trying to find love again. And so she sips into this other thing where she basically says, like, we've agreed to not be in love anymore and we're doing this. And I'm now playing good cop. But also during this time period, as it's going on, she's becoming incredibly mad at Kristen for making Paul sexually attracted to her, right? Yeah. It's this dynamic where she has set up this, it must be, obviously it is very frightening, but mm -hmm. you have one woman coming in, giving you food and talking to you and acting everything's all like fine and dandy. Meanwhile, she's like, well, fucking Paul's going to keep you here for a little while longer and then leave. And then Paul comes in. It's this balance back and forth until mm -hmm. it got too much for Carla as well. well I suppose yeah. even Kathy Bates fed James Caan in misery. Yeah, you know, but she was trying to get that novel. Yeah. The next morning, though, instead of more assault, Paul decided to test out material on his prisoner and launched into a couple verses of Deadly Innocence. Oh, which no. Which was, yeah, now a fully formed song. This oh, is what he rapped. God. Oh, God. It's just and Henry, if you will do the honors, oh, I'm not fucking no. doing it. It's the worst open mic of all time. Here it we is, go. Absolutely. Oh. It's, this is horrible. A Deadly Innocent first with a spellbinding curse. I'm crazy swearing, not really caring, oh, total no. cop hating, innocence faking, 40 ounce slamming, never act damning, like lay low watching it flow, leave the fly girls waiting. I actually like you less for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you just like me? Isn't that weird? Lay, just, like uh. lay low watching it flow, leave the girl, fly girls waiting. Leave the flag girls wait. Oh my God, it's so horrible. Yes. It's so uh, horrible. It's, it's almost shocking. like it was written by the worst <clears throat> criminal in the world. Oh, this poor <laughs> woman after everything and now this, and it's just, oh God. Well, he paused in the middle and asked her what she thought of it. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> X, X, X. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. 
And then he continued with another verse. And this one's it. The second verse is even worse than the first. How? So remember, young hype is a white boy. A white boy <laughs> rapper that's neither fool nor toy. With tremendous outrage. Because I can't sit and wait for my day to arrive. I've got to struggle and fight to keep my dream alive. Because oh I've got the right to recite and excite. Lyrics that bite, delight and ignite. Topics that ill and display my skill. Watching fulfill as I earn a couple mil. I like to train with pain. I'm just that type. I'm always cooling on the mic because I'm young and hype. I apologize. Oh my God. As the king of the whites, I do want to apologize for him. King of the whites, huh? Can I be a prince? Yeah, you're prince of the whites, sure. What am I? Duke. You're, 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 uh. Dukey. You're dukey of the whites. So after Paul displayed his very limited skills, he and Carla became very concerned that Kristen should eat something. And this is a weird thing with him. They, they don't show this with either the other, with any of the other victims that uh, they lure into their home. Was this yeah. girl, for some reason, it's, it's, they're very concerned about her eating. Is it because she was a little bit younger than some of the other ones? No, she, she was the about same, the same age. Same yeah. age. Ugh. Paul and Carla, if you do start to, apparently <sighs> the tapes that we don't see and the stuff that they, the correspondence that we don't see between them is that in some weird, I think that they were just stupid versus yeah. while they are evil i think they stupid them their way into being like evil essentially not mutually exclusive a lot of yes. evil stupid people out there so they're very mm. close but they wanted to create a sustainable sex slave situation ah. they kind of had this idea ah. that if we can set this up in a way maybe she'll like it like is it dahmer oh, it's like Lin no that's leonard lake-esque that's yes. exactly yeah. what leonard, leonard lake did just carla yeah. even said at some point in the tapes this idea that like i don't get why kirsten's so mad at us we gave her good food we gave her good loving like she acted as if like she should be loving all of this mm -hmm. the assault the kidnapping the the rap yes uh, yeah, there's a lot of reasons. She noticed to be she mad. didn't mention the rap. Like yeah. Carla never once said that the rap <laughs> was good. She, she must. Oh, did Carla? Does Carla not think that the rap is good? There we is, have to ask her on the videos. If anyone runs into her at the street, wherever she is, just ask her uh, if she thought the rap was good. I saw one little sliver uh, of of a section of a video where Paul was rapping, and she didn't react. The thing is that he did all of this rapping stuff, and she just was like, in front of her. Oh, so we really need to prepare for the, like she. It was like this oh home video. God. So she obviously. I don't think that she liked. The rap. Did he ever no. do it in public? Did he no, ever do an open mic? No, no, never. Okay. I'm going to go into a, a little bit of detail after this this section to talk about like what he tried to do with this got rap. Got you, got you. Yeah. Live from your grave. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all in one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text and that helps you save time i know i'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks now part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be 
pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. It's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash last pod. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Now, Kristen thought that if she could get Paul to leave, she could befriend Carla and convince her to let her go. But what Kristen didn't know is that Carla was having far too good of a time to make that happen. Now, Paul headed out and picked up some pizza at McDonald's, which is apparently a thing in Canada. 
for what a short period. Fucking yeah. goddamn hell is this fucking world coming to? Pizza at McDonald's? There was also livid. There was spaghetti at McDonald's. Do you uh, remember that? Shut the front door, dude. <laughs> yep. What is McDonald's doing? I don't know. They don't tried know. a lot in the early 90s. That clown yeah. is having too yeah. much fun. Remember the Arch Deluxe? It was disgusting. I didn't understand the Arch Deluxe. It I didn't was know a what sandwich. We were going for. At the very least, it was a sandwich. It was a yeah. sandwich with a dent in it. It wasn't, there was nothing different about it. The dent. But why did it taste worse? Because so, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, as he was out at McDonald's getting pizza, he also stopped by the video store, rented some movies. In addition to the Mickey Rourke vehicle, Angel Heart, Paul also rented Carla's favorite, Criminal Law, for what seems like the millionth fucking time. Just buy it then. Just buy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Once he returned, Carla took a turn raping Kristen. Carla did it. Then Paul attempted to defecate on their captive, but he failed. Oh, my God. Now, unlike Leslie Mahaffey, French was missed immediately. A province-wide alert was put into place, and a single clue came to the forefront, which would end up hamstringing the entire investigation. Witnesses came forward once Kristen's disappearance hit the news and said that they'd last seen Kristen getting into a cream-colored Camaro. Oh, God. It's this <laughs> cream-colored Camaro thing, too, is that that has become such a... From all of the letters we received about people who grew up in the Toronto area during this time period, and they said, like, they are still haunted by the idea of these giant billboards that were put up that said, looking for this Camaro, and then their mm. jobs were as kids to go look for this Camaro and then everyone wow. out go looking for this car that had oh, nothing man. to do with the investigation. Mm -hmm. Just now one the witness poor guy who finally got his dream car. Oh, and of then, course. I just keep on getting egged, honey. I don't know why. <laughs> I worked 50 years at the bank Maybe they think this car due to its color of creme is some form of traveling egg-like ghost <laughs> and they're trying to add eggs to it. I don't know. I don't know the egg lore oh. and I wish that it would stop. I am with you, buddy. This is my, now it's got York on it. <laughs> Look at it. It's bad. And you should just be cram. And that'll ruin the paint. It's champing. Oh. My dreams. It's champing. I'm going back to work at my the side company, Moose Lumber, and we're taking beaver lumber down. I hope so. Now, the witnesses might have seen Kristen getting into Paul's car from far away, or they may have seen a girl who looked similar to Kristen getting into a cream-colored Camaro the day she went missing. A million girls get into a cream-colored Camaro every day because it's a cool car and girls love cream. May yeah. I ask, also, did somebody just say it was a cream-colored Camaro and they were wrong and then the cops would go up to people and be like, did you see her get into a cream-colored Camaro? And then they kind of planted it because it seems like maybe one person got it wrong and then the cops... Well, yeah, they, they had no leads. They had no leads mm -hmm. for them. Well, technically, they did have a bunch of leads. Yeah, they were they all had... sitting on a shelf inside of the police station, but yes. Right. Yeah. This was them yeah. trying to work it out. Yeah, for Kristen French specifically, the only thing they had was cream color Camaro. It was completely wrong. Paul's car was gold, not cream. And it was a Nissan 240SX, which is still a sports car, but nothing like a Camaro. No. Technically with gold, sometimes you can call it champagne. Yeah, sure. but which I guess is somewhat close to cream. It's not though. Champagne is ritzy. Creme yeah. is of the people. True. Uh, <laughs> but since it was the only clue they had, investigators became laser focused again on the wrong assumption. Meanwhile, the horror continued in the Bernardo home the next night with Kristen French. To illustrate just how little 
Paul and Carla regarded, what it was that they were actually doing. Paul returned the two movies they watched the night before and rented a new one. Shattered, starring Tom Berenger and Bob Hoskins. Damn, Bob Hoskins. Bringing Tom Berenger into this? Yeah. yeah. Let but him fucking what, be home. Let him be home. But that's the, that's what, it, to me, this shows like such, you know, it's the, again, like the banality of evil. Absolutely. It's like, oh yeah, let's run a couple more videos. Sure. What do you, you want? Don't, you don't want the late fees. Those start to pile up. That's right. They <laughs> probably rewound the videos as well to make sure that everything was ship shape. I also think it shows just how much this behavior had worked their way into their everyday life. Normalized. It was, they never had normal sex. Ever. No. They don't have it. The entire time, it's either extreme BDSM sex with Carla, him and Carla doing whatever it is. Because also, I bet you, weirdly, Paul and Carla were probably sleeping together very little at this point anyway. Because now he's obsessed with his other realm and Carla is obsessed with Paul. So Paul is obsessed with the outside. Carla's obsessed with Paul. She'll do whatever the fuck it is that makes him horny and makes her horny. Mm -hmm. Carla, what about if we bring this pizza into the game with us <laughs> from mcdonald's oh it's from mcdonald's that's yeah. my favorite a true italian treat yeah what's the sausage mm. it must have been hamburger patty hamburger patty sausage nothing i love better than Ugh. a pizza from a scottish burger restaurant <laughs> <laughs> well the assaults only got worse on the second night with oh. wine bottle insertions, Ugh. rape both anal and vaginal, and beatings when Kristen didn't do what Paul wanted. Eventually, Kristen ended up dead. Although, again, the cause of death is up for debate. I got a really interesting email Damn. from a listener that included a comic book, essentially, that an artist that was in the courtroom, because these tapes were not released outside of the courtroom right mm. and no one ever got to see really what, what, what exactly would happen it was like three and a half hour long tape of these these sexual assaults right and two three and a half hour long tapes jesus yes. christ and so they went they watched them in court and this artist drew his they watched, story the whole, and they watched all six hours yes, for they the had jury to. Yeah, oh, they had oh to. my god that's... we'll get to that in a second but they watched them three times oh my god in his description what he puts is carla as an, an extreme agitator is that despite what she'll say later on, what you will see from her is leading abuse, like a physical abuse, almost as if when Paul got tired, Carla would take over. Mm. Like they would tag team, like Ugh. they would get into the, and then Carla was just as bad as him. And then the way they describe it too, is like, you know, I'm not going to like, if you, the comic book, it just shows her wearing this like leather mask. I'm beating the fuck out of her. And he, she is like laughing and, and mm -hmm. like full, like, I, I mean, like off the rails. Like she looks like a fucking supervillain. She looks like right. exactly what she is. But then yeah, when you like see her red room. Yes. And then you see her in court and she's like, I simply was just, a, I was an automaton. I was made to do these things by Paul. Right. And you're like, mm -hmm. no, you're having a blast in this video. Yeah. Right. Well, as far as how Kristen died, Carla said that Paul had strangled Kristen with an electrical cord for seven minutes until she finally expired. But again, forensics told a different story. French's corpse had blood in her lungs, meaning that blood had been inhaled through her nose and throat as she died, making strangulation unlikely. In addition, bones in the throat that are usually broken during strangulation were fine. But French did have deep subdural hemorrhages on both sides of her head above the ears, 
which appeared to have been caused by the swift swing of a mallet. Now, by Carla's own confessions, she had guarded French with a rubber mallet when Paul left the house for a third time. The theory is that French begged her way out of her binding, probably by asking to go to the bathroom, or she managed to wiggle her way out. But no matter how she got free, it's speculated that she tried running but wasn't fast enough to escape Carla Homolka. By forensics, it's safe to assume that Carla beat Kristen to death with mm. the mallet in a moment of rage or panic. She did something. Because they also have found on on this, I mean, on the backs of both of the victims, they found a pair of bruises that they assume they look as if they were knee bruises. They look like mm -hmm. knee points that were mm -hmm. on someone's back, right? Because Paul did strangle Leslie Mahaffey from behind, right? And and leaned on her back and strangled her. But there was another set of bruises on Kristen that they do believe belong to the smaller knees of Carla Homolka. Mm -hmm. And that when she was like, that they think that they trapped and released, they were doing the BTK style thing to extend yeah. it. And then she got out and then she freaked out. But you're also looking at Man, Carla's such a fucking monster. She's such a fucking monster, man. Like, I, I, she, I can't believe she's out. Like, I have yeah. no fucking clue where the fuck she is. Doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem right. And neither could victims. they. No one can. We'll, we'll get into this too. But the, the reaction of the police when she gave them the the after negotiating the plea deal, and then they got to see all the videos. Mm -hmm. Now, once Kristen French was dead. Carla and Paul took the body to the bathroom. They scrubbed it clean, wrapped it in a blanket, and loaded the body into the car. But not before they cut the hair from the corpse's head as a trophy. Now, perhaps thinking that an elaborate disposal method was unnecessary because the cops hadn't come anywhere near them for the last murder. Remember the last murder? They dismembered the body. Oh, yeah. They put everything in a... You know, they encased it in concrete. This time, they just dumped the body in a ditch near a trash site, which was coincidentally close to the cemetery where Leslie Mahaffey was buried. Kristen French's body was found covered in leaves two weeks later. But since young girls were apparently showing up dead left and right in this area of Canada in the early 90s, police dismissed the notion that the Mahaffey and French murders were connected. So was this a situation like um, uh, a killdozer? Where the guy who made the killdozer was like, they could have stopped me anytime and they didn't. Did Carla and, and Paul get more like energy because they were not being hunted by the police? Did they feel like they were given license to do this? Like, this is just what we do. And apparently society isn't that against it because it doesn't yeah. look like the cops have given them any reason to worry. Yes and no. Like, well, we'll kind of get into how it affected Paul later on and how it affected and also how it affected Carla. Like, I think even though they weren't the investigators weren't coming anywhere near them, I think they were eaten up by the knowledge that they could at any okay. second. It was they were not good at leading the double life. They no. were not good at it. I think Fair that's not. really what it comes down to. I think that you know, these the people that become highly prolific serial killers also sexualize the d double lives well, thing. That's part of it, yeah. Yeah, but the thing about being a married couple that look like them, being the Ken and Barbie killers, you actually had this whole extended, like, friends and family and all this kind of shit where um, it's, your second life yeah. was too big also, did for your mm -hmm. private life. Did Mattel ever sue? I just feel like if I was Mattel, I'd be like, we get a, you know, the Ken and Barbie killers. What about, uh, what about the Steve and Whitmer killers? They could be the, uh, the Cheryl and, and Birkenstein killers. Anything. I mean, anything else. Oh, I mean, yeah. 
Well, since police dismissed the notion that the Mahaffey and French murders were connected, a completely separate task force was formed to solve the murder of Kristen French. But in this, the Canadian cops can't take all the blame. The FBI also did their level best to fuck up this investigation. USA! Whoa. USA! It's for USA! For the Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> for the Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> um, my name is Fer my name is Mr. Ripperson. I'm from the Federal Bureau of Investigations. No, sorry, I used to be a coroner. I see you're drunk. I know I used to be a coroner, but they promoted me to the head of murder man, head of murder <laughs> services. Wow. Yep. Congratulations. Well, the FBI agreed that they were dealing with two sets of killers here, two separate pairs of men that were kidnapping and killing young girls. They said that the killers of Kristen French were between 20 and 35 and living in a single family home, suffering from low self-esteem and poor social skills. They got one of those things right. Yeah, between also, 20 and 35. And the not house. low self-esteem, I'll tell you that freaking no, much. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, on the inside. Do you think? Insecure. I don't think so. I, I mean, think these people were egotistical maniacs. I do believe Paul was paper thin. I think he's a textbook psychopath. Oh. Yeah. And according to the FBI, Canadian cops should look for dirty fingernails. What? And in their pro, yeah, the profile. The only thing they got right. Well, I guess they got that there were two perpetrators, right? They got that they were between twenty and thirty-five, right? Uh, but everything else was totally fucking wrong. Okay. Well, here's our lineup. It turns out they're mostly mechanics. Um, <laughs> look at the nails. Look at these nails. Look at the nails. Dirty fingernails. And you wonder was, why yeah. it took so why? long Can for you I to get. You wonder why it took so long for you to get your truck back? Because each one of those mechanics were always getting brought in. For I all get of these yeah. cases. Dirty. Clean your nails. Use that lava soap. Mm-hmm. So working with the wrong profile and Ugh. focusing on the wrong color, make, and model of vehicle, Canadian police formed the Green Ribbon Task Force to capture Kristen French's killers. They did set up cameras at Kristen French's grave, though, just in case the killers came to glow. I am officially, I am officially looking for manicures. I'm on manicures. <laughs> That's what I'm You're doing. on long nails. Honestly, have you ever even had a pedicure, though? Have you allowed yourself the pleasure of one? Even when you're investigating, it's important to take some time for yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> And honestly, because you're investigating and I said arrest him at my pedicure, I could charge the bureau for it. There you go. Four million freaking dollars. <laughs> well, meanwhile, someone was looking for Paul Bernardo. Finally. Who? A constable named Haney had been investigating the Smyrnas brothers. Mm. And again, the Smyrnas <laughs> yep. brothers mm -hmm. tried transferring the focus... From themselves to their psychotic friend, Paul Bernardo. No we, way. You mean to tell me the fucking <laughs> idiot one and idiot two that have been a part of his fucking Canadian goon squad were not like, you know, we know a real psychopath. It's our buddy Paul. He's definitely, we're just scam guys. We're just guys that like, I, I, I'll tell you right now, I run cigarettes everywhere, right? I've never <laughs> even had a legal cigarette. I don't know what they taste like. We talk a lot. So I don't remember if this was made as a comparison, but they sound like the evil twins from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Evil <laughs> brothers. Yes. But despite knowing that Bernardo was a hostile and violent individual, it took Constable Haney 10 days to get the information given by the Smyrnas brothers over to the Green Ribbon Task Force. But once he did, the task force did get around to interviewing Paul eventually. When asked what he was doing the day Kristen French went missing, Paul said he was home alone writing lyrics for his rap album because he was going to be the next Vanilla Ice. And the cops said, good enough for us. That's not an alibi. I bet you that they did the thing too, being like, 
I bet he's pretty good too, because oh, the, all no. of these cops got really impressed by him. Every single time they speak to him, they're all like, "Well, someone's got to be the next Vanilla Ice," and I think you got the hero for it. Someone's <laughs> got to be, because one day he'll die, and who will be? Who will replace him? Because what it comes down to is our very special. The UN needs Vanilla Ice. <laughs> well, the cops then asked him if he drove a Camaro, and when he said no. They briefly looked at his Nissan, said, that don't look like no Camaro. Oh, my God. And they let Paul go again after only interviewing him for 20 minutes. Seems like a good guy. And honestly, his flow was bitching. Yeah. Honestly, when he said the thing about deadly innocence and he Mm. leaves the fly girls waiting, my knees, despite how they're locked together, you know, I have to walk straight, right? Because of of what happened with my wood. Both legs are completely made out of wood. I I actually tipped back and forth. I was almost dead. Wow. God, the Green um, Ribbon Task Force. It sounds like they should be investigating ballet. I mean, the Green Ribbon what Task Force hell is sounds happening? like a, looking for cheating at a crafting oh convention. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, Paul, he's getting investigated by the police, you know, for a murder that he did commit. And all he's talking about is his rap career. He is truly serious about this fucking rap career. Oh, he's beyond serious. He had what he called his rap room. He had okay. upstairs uh, like in his studio? house. It's an in-home studio, and what he did was put together thousands upon thousands of dollars of high-end recording equipment. Where'd he get the money? Cigarettes. He's fucking his cigarette scams, right? He didn't spend it on anything else, right? They just kind of wear, like, whatever fun, trendy clothes, and then he would outfit his rap room. Okay. And he'd go up there all day experimenting. And his thing He needs to be in front of a crowd. He's a moron. He's not talented. He he thought that he could just do this. He's... um, how many people have you met in your life that thinks like, I'm God's gift to X. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is start doing it and everybody's going to pay me millions of dollars to do it. Like they're going to definitely pay me money because I'm the best. Uh, coming up in the entertainment industry, I don't think I know anyone like I don't know that. anybody like that. <laughs> no, but, not, not, not in our business. But the thing is, is that he, but the difference is the people we knew actually put themselves on the line. Paul also had a very fragile ego. There was yeah. no way he was going to do the actual highly embarrassing thing of putting your music in front of people for the very first time. Bombing on stage, it's, which is a prerequisite, which is why... You have to you bomb. Ha- you must. You will bomb. Horribly. And so Paul, he spent all this money. His thing was that he'd rip loops from songs and then flow he tried to do his rap on top of beats from other songs because he couldn't figure out how to put together his own beats so he had oh all of God. this expensive equipment and he couldn't use and so he got to do it and so he then this used is just it to the guy strip. who like before they even dribble a basketball buys the finest shoes yes yeah. like, this is gonna help me do it it's like no you yeah. can do it barefoot he couldn't hey. do anything because it's would... tough to fuck, fucking figure out man it took it takes like a day no man but you to figure out an 808 you have to like <laughs> love I mean, music he wanted to do it though no he didn't want to do it he wanted wanted to be famous and rich. He didn't want oh, yet. He had God. nothing to do with the fucking music. He didn't give up. He does not feel anything. He just feels mm-hmm. nothing. And so when he was putting this together, they were the most hastily put together piece of fucking shit things you've ever heard. Because he started just rapping over songs with lyrics on them like we've seen how many times have we showed on the stream you know what mm-hmm. i mean these various things where someone just like him doing his Isn't fucking tiktok now yeah, he's, oh TikTok. my god but then he finally figured out how to take the lyrics off and then mm-hmm. he would just rap on other people's beats yeah oh my god what an abuse no. to music 
Yeah, I mean, he's truly, like, it's all shortcuts. It's all putting the cart before the horse. Three days after he was questioned by cops, he legally changed his name from Paul Bernardo, which, you know, Paul Bernardo, that's not really a hip-hop name. (laughs) No. He he changed it to a stage name, Paul Jason Teal. Now, that's a name, but you got to add an E to Teal, so it's not a color anymore, and it doesn't rhyme with Seal, because there's an E on it, and Seal doesn't have an E, unless you're in France. (laughs) Still the wrong name for a rapper. He sounds like a CEO of a of a scam cookie company. He sounds like a presidential assassin. Also, fame and fortune are symptoms of hard work and success. And, and they're the worst parts. Well, mm-hmm. not the money is fine. The money is good, but it's like, but, but he doesn't fame, understand. Whoever would want fame is like, well, I'm ask anybody scary. who has a fucking several million followers on TikTok who has also not received a dime for making content for millions of people, and all you do is throw throw your your stuff into a barrel and set it on fire. Good point. They take our data. Now, the names Paul chose weren't chosen because Paul thought they sounded good. The middle name Jason, that's from Jason Voorhees. Yeah, oh, don't, yeah, don't bring Jason. Him. Jason was fuck a victim yeah, and they killed his freaking mother. Well, don't even get me going on what they did to Jason. It was because he said the. That's the life I'm beat Bob that Bernardo, keeps up. I'm <laughs> I'm Jason, but in a more friendlier way. <laughs> oh, oh, man, never mind. Uh, I'm not friendly, I'm mean. I'm mean. <laughs> Teal, though, was the name of the serial killer in Carla's favorite movie, Criminal Law. Oh, yeah, boss. That's boss-ass shit right there. Mm-hmm. And Carla <laughs> also changed her last name to Teal. Mm-hmm. Y'all for it. Oh, yeah. Great. And then after she was arrested, that's what she went back towards. That's what she made her last name after she was released. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. And of course, with the new name <laughs> came new lyrics. <laughs> He's got to, man. My name's Paul Deal, and I'm here to say I'm rapping under a new name today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. Man. Yeah, I, no. I can't wait to hear it. So, no. here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, Paul. Jason Teal. All right, big oops. You're going to remember me, you fucking pieces of shit. Here we go. Oh, God, there's an open mic starting. It's time for some <laughs> rap. Shit. Bro. I am crazy swearing, not really caring. Born to steal the show. My blood burns nitro. You want to size me up? Well, let's kick it. There's a new kid on the block, and I am with it. Come on, everybody. Got to scream and shout. Rock with the hook while I hype it out. The work is yours. The illusion has become real. How does it feel? Got it out of steel. You're the big wheel. Paul adjacent teal. <laughs> Boo! That's the thing. I don't know how, but it's somehow the best one and the worst one. All it is so. It, there is no best one. It is just so. the single worst thing I have ever heard anyone so. do. It's the saying your full uh, name at the end of it's the worst shit I've ever heard. It's yeah. just there's something so about that. Bad. I don't know why it infuriates me. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on, man. What are you going to go all the way down to the fucking uh, courthouse, courthouse. if you're not going to fucking <laughs> use it in your room? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Now, Paul made it seem like he wasn't bothered with all the questioning because he gotten away with it so many fucking times. But even so, he and Carla still decided to move their videotapes from Carla's hope chest so the to the insulation in the loft of the garage. Because I think after the cops brought him in for specifically the, when the Green Ribbon Task Force brought him in, I think he, that's when he first started to crack. Is it weird to say, in a way, their inner world was very private, right? And they thought almost that no one could ever, no one would ever know, but almost it's like it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that what they were doing was their sexual escapades. And once they came and got rid of bodies and they they filmed it, they froze it on tape. 
right? But they never filmed the murders, right? They never filmed yeah. anyone actually dying. They only filmed the assaults. That they had these like hinting little memories of it, which they did rewatch again and again. They mm. did watch these tapes. But there is something about it, like how it started to kind of dawn on him of like, oh, we're we're like actually doing things to people that live. Like mm -hmm. I didn't think of them. As like, not that, not that it's guilt. It's not guilt. No, it's just him all no. of a sudden understanding. I was like, oh, like this is starting to come to me. This is there's starting consequences. to come He's finally starting to see those consequences. Yeah. 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 Not upset because he, you know, it's the whole thing of like not upset because they did what they did. Upset because they got caught. He's starting to get caught. His yeah. whole thing. Mm -hmm. Now, officially, Kristen French was Paul and Carla's last murder victim. But it's believed that they were responsible for at least one more. Terry Anderson, who disappeared about seven months after Kristen French. And we don't know for sure because there's no video evidence of Paul and Carla with Terry Anderson. Because I think it's possible that Paul and Carla didn't videotape this assault because they were a bit spooked. Yeah. And there were certainly more people who were screaming to the police that Paul Bernardo was a person of interest. The next was Bubba Mateel, who was a friend of a friend of Paul mm. Bernardo. I, these fucking names, man. I watched so much trial footage, right? Like I was watching all this, like whatever the coverage of it. And Canadian names are just so funny. I swear to God, they have one of their biggest anchor. I, I swear her name was Rita Spatula. <laughs> and they just have some fucking names in Canada that are wild. Well, that's a good name. This is Rita Spatula, and I'm here with the news. Like she said it, and it wasn't like fun cooking news. It wasn't no. a stage name. Maybe I'm wrong. It might have been like Ritzy Spadina. There was like somebody else with another name that was like that. It's wild. Long Spatula, is the, the Spatula family has a long history. Very Italian. Yes. Or there's also the, the vampire Spatula. <laughs> that's fun, huh? that's a cooking vampire. That let's, get, let's continue on. Let's move on. I love that. One night, Bubba, Paul, and Bubba's friend were having a drink at a bar when they said, hey, let's all go back to Paul's house. Oh. When Bubba's friend got to Paul's house, pointed out a photo of a pretty young girl, most likely Carla's sister Tammy, Bernardo lost his shit. According to Bubba, Paul started hitting himself in the head saying, I don't fucking care. I don't, I don't fucking, fucking care. care. I don't fucking care. Uh, oh, I don't know, man. I don't seems fucking like, care, seems like you care about, I don't fucking care, Seems man. like you're caring quite a bit about something. I don't know. But he then switched to saying she fucking died in my arms. She fucking over died in my arms, over and over man. Again. She fucking died in my fucking arms, man. You know what? That's actually something you could rap about. Now, that's yeah. a, she that's... died in my arms don't mean to cause no alarms. I'm not the <laughs> fireman. I'm the police chief. Never mind. You guys, <laughs> nothing. You can't rap about anything. Never mind. <laughs> and he's punching himself with a closed fist the whole time. Like, he's mm -hmm. losing it. I mean, he's throwing a hissy fit. He's throwing, like, a college-aged, uh, like... I had friends that would do that in college, you know, like they get all mad and go up and like punch a stop sign and break their hand and shit. Be like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm getting got $8,000 at the ER, bro. <laughs> now, Bubba had no concrete proof, but Paul's friend did unload quite a bit of information about what type of man Paul Bernardo was and what type of shit he got up to. Yeah, because they were there too. Also sexually assaulting women. They all acted as if they were like, yeah, that well, crazy I don't know time Bubba in Tampa. Was. I don't, I don't, not I don't Bubba. Know. No, not yeah, Bubba. No, yeah, yeah. Not Bubba. I'm talking about yeah. the fucking, the Smyrnies. 
<laughs> well, I don't think this was a, this was not a Smyrny's brother. This oh. was just some fucking guy. This, oh, this is just some guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this wow. is a guy out. Yeah, this is a guy outside of the Smyrny's brothers. Just like you know, Paul beats his wife. <sighs> yeah, but we uh, he's gonna be a good guy though. We should go out for drinks with him again. But you know, he's probably he's been he was around Scarborough when all those rapes were <laughs> happening. But you know, oh, I mean, oh, yeah, we, we should, should definitely watch the hockey game. We should definitely go watch oh, the hockey game God. at his house. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a fun place to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's the thing, is that based on that information, Bubba became convinced that Bernardo was both the Scarborough rapist and the man responsible for the murders of Mahaffey and French. <laughs> I would Honestly, as well. this is so crazy and the cops are so stupid in this case. Bubba can solve it. Yeah. I Someone's love got the to. idea of Bubba, Bubba solving it all has, of this. It has gotten to Bubba. Come on, mm -hmm. Bubba. You can do it, buddy. And Bubba did indeed go to the Niagara Regional Police with these concerns. But again... They waved him off and continued ignoring the ever-growing stack of reports about Paul Bernardo. When a Bubba alerts you to crime, you, you know. listen to that fucking Bubba. <laughs> because do you have any idea the core value of a Bubba? Seriously, man. <laughs> do you think a Bubba would voluntarily go to the police? Absolutely not. No, a Bubba has many fingers in different pies. Sure. He's got a lot of plates spinning. <laughs> Absolutely. None the of them legal. No, none. Never. <laughs> and he's not coming to fucking... He doesn't want to tip the police off. No. Yeah. God damn, if a Bubba tells you something. You listen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless it's a, something about your wife or your family. <laughs> don't listen. Well, instead of investigating Paul Bernardo, the Green Ribbon Task Force produced an hour and a half long infomercial about the murder of Kristen French, focusing on the erroneous sighting of a cream-colored Camaro. Oh my fucking God. So this is like the Al Gore moment where he solved global warming by making a movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, this was uh, their whole thing being like, this was called Fuck Cream-Colored Camaros. Oh my and God. And it was all about how cream-colored Camaros are the problems of what's going on in this, in both Canada and around the also, world. Also, at any point, if the person that did the murders actually had a cream-colored Camaro, they would, they would have it. gotten rid of it. Yes. Yeah. Well, reportedly, Paul and Carla watched the special with a mixture of glee and anxiety. How I Like how I watched Dune. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Alanis Morissette watched that new documentary about her, which mm, she did not like. No. Oh. Well, when an incorrect bit of information was put forth, Paul would shout, quote, Wrong! Oh eh. my fucking, I'm gonna fucking strangle you. Yep. And oh. for months later, Paul watched his videotaped copy of the special again and again, either for proof of how smart he was or looking for some indication that they were onto him. It's hard to tell. Or there's a bit of a oh, yeah, David but... Berkowitz, there's a little David Berkowitz stripe, uh, spice here, right? Where he is starting to get some of the attention that he has been craving his whole life. That's right? the fame mm -hmm. component, It's I the suppose. fame component. I think that there is a thing here, because even as, like, because he is, I, I, you know, I, we don't like to diagnose people on here, but I imagine you'd probably say he is a textbook psychopath, because mm -hmm. he is a psychopath, and every single thing, he gets bored so easily, he gets all of these types of, you, you need a rush, you need something, and this is a rush, this is new, this is something yeah. else. Like, this I feel is like, like maybe not textbook psychopath, but like screenplay screen psychopath. Screenplay, yeah. seriously. Because yeah. he's so trying to be a psychopath. Truly, mm -hmm. you're right. Oh, he's such a shallow fucking douche. Meanwhile, with nothing to deter them, Carla and Paul began grooming another sex slave, oh a 17-year-old former friend of Tammy Hamolka's. Now, this girl liked Carla... But whenever she went to her house, she wore layers of clothing because Paul was always trying to feel her up. 
Then, trying something different, Paul and Carla went to Atlantic City and had a threesome with a sex worker at the Trump Plaza Hotel. Oh, yeah, what in the hell is going on now? I actually think I saw a picture of them up at the hotel the last time when we were in AC. <laughs> is that what that I think Bruce had, Springsteen song's all about? No, they had that whole thing of, like, favorite guests. Is that <laughs> and it was them. It was incredible. Honored dignitaries. Yeah, honored dignitaries. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Well, the whole thing was filmed, this encounter with a sex worker, and negotiated at a price of $300. But after an hour and a half, the sex worker told them that they expected way too much for $300. Yeah. And she thankfully left the room and was fine. Thank you. Yeah, but honestly, once you get into a certain level, I imagine it would cost way more money. Yeah, $300 is nothing. No. Yeah. Now, it's hard to say exactly what it was that finally cracked Paul Bernardo. Perhaps it was the failure to find a new victim, because they were not having any luck with that. Or perhaps it was the pressure of international attention on his crimes. Because having three murders on the mind isn't the easiest thing to carry around if you're not a killer who compartmentalizes well. That's the fucking truth. That really is the truth. It's because he was too dumb to be a cunning villain. Like, really was. The pressure was building. And I'm also going to say... There was a little bit of that resentment of like, I don't know if I'm going to be a rapper. Like there was this like, (laughs) do you think he ever thought that? I think that there was a pressure knowing that he, cause he started like making these CDs. He started making these CDs and handing them out and like, Nobody, obviously, they were incredibly fucking bad. Well, you know, Kid Rock is super famous. But Kid Kid Rock is, at this point, Kid Rock is still like nine years away from hitting. And the further into the 90s that Paul Bernardo gets, the further away he gets from 1988. When Vanilla Ice is at his peak. Yes, Uh, and his style hasn't changed. Kid Rock... Oh, he changes and moves. He He was the artist of our generation. (laughs) In Mm -hmm. many ways, he was. (laughs) But no matter the trigger, by mid-1992, Paul had begun to drink more heavily, mostly vodka. And when multiple attempts to obtain a new victim failed, Paul's violent tendencies began to shift more and more to the woman beside him, Carla Homolka. See, because Paul was abusing Carla more, the bruises were getting harder to hide, to the point where her co-workers were starting to notice. Paul then took a trip to Montreal with his buddies to pick up girls, but it didn't work out how Paul wanted it to. Hmm, I wonder why. Paul found that when he tried picking up actual women, not teenage girls, that they either ignored him or straight up laughed at his Baywatch vanilla eye shtick, which had been unhip <laughs> for years by oh. 1992. So he showed up with this being like, but this always works at the middle schools. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it does. I guess it does if you showed up and you act like a surfer who lost his fucking surfboard because it's Canada. You're not <laughs> right. going anywhere. There's no waves to be caught around here. No. And so all of a sudden, yeah, if, oh yeah, I guess on a normal woman, it does not really hold because I yeah. guess, you know, he wasn't tall enough. Mm. Well, I don't know if that was the problem. Miffed by reality, Paul returned home and took out his anger on Carla, beating her with a flashlight so bad that both of her eyes turned black as night. The word that uh, the books always used is raccooning. Of course, because everything in Canada is so fucking cute. (laughs) Everything has to be said in like a roundabout way. They can never just say it. They just always be like, he might as well have made her some kind of, oh, you know, a raccoon is the burglar of the nature world. You know, like saying the weird shit. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. it's like how they call um, rapists in prison. They call them skin beefers. 
<laughs> now, what the hell kind of hot dog is that? <laughs> that ain't it's right at all. Awful. It's so, awful. So he is hurts. living. He's living in a. Um, Poison World. I'm saying, well, let's, let's, what's a fun band? He's in a Motley. He's living in a Motley Crew. He has a Motley Crew mindset, but it's a Pearl Jam world. Mm. Hmm. Okay. I would say he's more in a Vanilla Ice mindset, and it's a Nirvana world. Yeah, because this is it's 1991, okay. man. The Beastie Boys are still around. They're still doing white rap and stuff. But it's hey, it's fucking check your head time. Like yeah. it's different. It's way different than it was uh, just a grunge. few years before. It's the beginning mm-hmm. of grunge, and even yeah. Vanilla Ice changed. Oh, we know. Oh, Many no. years later, yeah, during the yeah. new metal time when he felt like it was the world was ready to receive him once more. He had to change. He had to go into his cocoon it's and emerge the, as a butterfly. It's actually the one show that I, the two shows I regret not going to in Lubbock was Vanilla Ice's new metal show Ooh, when he yeah. played. Ooh. We played at a venue for like a hundred people, maybe, oh, and the cool. show where Cole Chamber broke up on stage. Those are oh, the, only two, those are the only two that I regret not going Fuck to. Fuck you, Stu! <laughs> Patrick, you bitch. <laughs> you fucked my wife, Sam. <laughs> well, at that point, with Carla being beaten so badly, Carla's Aww. parents dragged her from the Bernardo home and brought her to stay with them. Now, it may be that Carla knew that the game was up and it was only a matter of time before Paul got caught because his behavior was becoming so erratic. Or she might have paid attention when her parents and her friends told her that Paul would eventually kill her if she stayed in the marriage. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's here that Carla told her parents that Paul had killed Tammy Lynn. Whoa, yeah, dude. that's but- a strange conversation around the kitchen table. I want to see like the Kraft cheese commercial where it's like, Cheese can help. <laughs> Did your daughter just confess to murder with her boyfriend? And then it's just you all eating just like cold, yeah. just opening up the single packets of crash <laughs> cheese and just shoving it in your mouth mm. as you're crying over a bottle of scotch. Ooh. We better potato pay him. Cheese makes it better. Yeah, cheese is great. Um, but there is a theory that Carla started to prepare her ultimate T- t- gymnastics flip. With, flip, mm-hmm. flip, 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 flip. <laughs> defense, she, yeah. defense. Oh yes, us. defense, defense. Yeah. She started to understand, and apparently, she started reading books about women being trapped in abusive relationships. And while she was absolutely in sure. an abusive relationship, yes. she keyed onto this idea that as long as you fully give over to saying, like, or and saying, and really admitting, like, I have been under the control of this man. You might just be able to get away with murder if you start to set the groundwork early. Mm -hmm. Well, from that time forward, Carla was out of the marriage for good, which left Paul twisting in the wind. Meanwhile, the Green Ribbon Task Force was chasing their tails even harder than they had before. They'd found an abandoned cream-colored Camaro... (gasps) And breathlessly announced to the media that they were finally on the trail of the killer. Okay, here's our theory. We have found this abandoned Camaro. And there's a part of us that think that maybe this man has turned himself into a series of bets. And we are, that's why we are talking to a resident food-based vampire, Spatula. As our main, (laughs) he is the main suspect in this crime. And Spatula, once we find your gasket, oh, you best believe we will give you a stern questioning and then let you go. No, I'm sorry, officer. This is Roy Blorbinson's used car lot. So, it's, oh, Roy Blorbinson, yeah, yeah. of course, it's Blorbinson's hey, car lot. How much for the cream colored Camaro? Honestly, seeing so many pictures of it just makes me want one. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Paul was being arrested for entirely different crimes. 
He was taken into custody for the assault of Carla Homolka, but as expected, he was released the next day. Why? With Carla, it's just... Ah, yep. They just let him pay his bond because he paid nah. his bond and he left. But this is the yeah. first time he was actually charged with something. Yes, okay. first time ever. Yeah. So that's so he's finally getting his rap sheet that he needs for his rap career. Yes. With Carla gone, Paul took a bunch of pills, drank a lot of vodka, and confronted Carla's mother at her workplace. Then Paul got his ever dutiful goon friends to search Carla's vet clinic to see if she was there. Hey, uh, Paul, is she a cat? No. <laughs> no. Is she a German shepherd? No, you know she's a woman. Oh, God dang it. Is she a table? Do I have to tell you goons how to do every single goddamn thing? <laughs> all right. She's a woman, first of all. Then that means that's a pile of breasts and she's got two legs. Okay. But when it became clear that Carla was gone, Paul fell into a puddle of self-pity. He sat in his so-called music room, Mm -hmm. set up his video camera, and recorded himself wailing and moaning about his lost love, speaking directly to Carla. He then started talking as if he was going to commit suicide. But when he, quote-unquote, tried cutting his wrists in front of the camera, he didn't even draw blood. Oh, oh, it's just even the thought of it hurts. <laughs> what? I mean, obviously, suicide's a horrible thing, but just, just another indication he could have committed suicide. Formative and yeah, I mean, who gives a shit? He should mm-hmm. have yeah. many, many Two- years ago, perhaps. Two weeks later, he was still wailing into the camera, talking about how he was too young to die. I'm too young to die. He was doing it kind of like what? that style of like rappers like screaming in the rain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like him just being like, I, I got too much love to give. God, don't take me now. <laughs> like him doing his thing where he's just like, well, God's coming for me. Oh, yeah. It was the angel of death's coming for me. Well, you're yeah. a perfectly healthy young man. You're just a total and complete douchebag. Yeah, but so what no about me being sad? <laughs> Well, meanwhile, Carla had quickly figured out that the best thing to do to keep her own head above water was to flip on Paul as hard and fast as she could. Boom, 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 she flipped. Well, her injuries from his last assault were bad enough to put her in the hospital because as the days passed, her tales of abuse got more and more elaborate. She made claims that he made her sleep in the root cellar, that he threw knives at her, and that he threatened to kill her and make it look like an accident. Yeah, apparently there was like one thing that she said in, in this this statement that she made. She was like, he would put me down in the root cellar and then sometimes he'd come and scare me. And what he'd do is he'd stay at the top of the door and say, don't let the night attackers get you. And then close the door on me in the dark. And it's this what? thing where I That's... actually, I think it could have happened. But yeah. still, like, you know, you deserved it. You fucking Carl Homoka, <laughs> fuck you. I don't know. You guys are all fucking bastards. Yeah. No, you're, they're all fucking horrible. All of them are horrible. I mean, they were deeply abused. Everyone's abused. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, lot of issues here. Yeah. I mean, she, he may have done those things, but Carla was definitely lying about her mental state. She claimed to have been both depressed and suicidal, but the doctors taking care of her said that she didn't appear depressed or suicidal at all. And in fact, was cheerily taking things quite well. But we will say, honestly, one thing I wouldn't caveat I will put on that is that truly you never know how you'd react, right? No one yeah, really knows how you'd react if you're in this scenario. I truly, I, I understand that. But what really then throws all of this under the bus is when you get to the trial and you show the tapes. Because well, I mean, the tapes God, are the thing that show who she really was. Yeah, she killed her sister and yes. ate her out. And just moved on. Was, yeah, and just moved she's on. just 
Absolutely horrible. And of course, abuse in any in any circumstance is horrible. She continued to plan uh, her wedding. And again, it's just like, I, uh, I don't know what to say. Planning a wedding is stressful enough. But then, finally, two years after Paul Bernardo's sample was sent to the United States for DNA testing. Yes. The results came back. OJ Simpson? <laughs> what? <laughs> It was proved that Paul Bernardo was the Scarborough rapist. All so right. Detective Irwin, who had so lazily fucked up during the investigation, he was suddenly interested again. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. As long as he got his nap, mm-hmm. he was ready yeah. to get back in there. Yeah, they have to sleep like bears. But I suppose since DNA was still in its early days, it wouldn't fully become a part of accepted criminal investigation until the O.J. Simpson trial. Mm-hmm. Detective Irwin didn't arrest Paul Bernardo. Oh, my fucking God. At some point, the cops are complicit but they, in murder. Well, now they feel like they need even more evidence. Why? Right? Yeah. So the more evidence they get, they need more evidence. Well, I What's mean, dude, look up? at look yeah. at it this way. DNA did not convict O.J. Simpson with yeah. as much DNA as there was in that. So I'm going to say there were some circumstantial situations that were outside of the courtroom taking place. There were yeah. rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? The rhymes <laughs> saved him. But guess what? With Paul Bernardo, the rhymes damned him. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. They did put a 24-hour surveillance team on Paul, and they did tap his phone. They're trying to look for more evidence. They're actually doing due diligence now that the hard work is over and done with. Now they can get to the easy stuff. Okay. And with that, the mountain of information about Paul Bernardo's behavior and demeanor was finally looked at in the correct light. And with all of it put together, Bernardo was finally made the prime suspect in the Mahaffey and French murders. I can just imagine the way they tap their phone, too, where it's just like, oh, I better call Bubba, picks up the phone. You're being monitored by the Canadian police. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we want to tell them. We yeah, we want to make sure that they know it's being polite yeah. Yeah. if we didn't. Bubba, do you think they're monitoring me? <laughs> but Carla wasn't ready to flip. Just yet. Mm. Instead, she laid more groundwork Mm -hmm. because Carla was and presumably still is lethally intelligent. Oh, yes. She's very clever. Mm -hmm. She proves to be more and more clever as the time goes. And as Henry said, Carla had been reading books about abused spouses. And in these books, all of the fault is removed from the abused partner. And in a normal abusive relationship, this claim is correct. Nothing is the fault of the abuse. The fault is entirely on the person committing the crime. Absolutely. But with Carla, this principle was twisted into a kind of alibi for the crimes she committed and participated in. During a five-hour-long police interview, Carla presented herself as a textbook example of a battered wife, a woman who only ever pretended to like Paul and only married him because she felt like she had no choice. But Carla was able to get rankled. Mm-hmm. During the interview... I'm sorry, I said it like it was a delicious meal. Yeah, you did. I mean, it was like a new Pringle came out. You're like, mm, I, I like to catch a Pringle, but I didn't Ooh. know they were going to have a mustard Pringle, too. McDonald's pizza-flavored Pringles. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm easy because it tastes like the pizza. That's probably the most accurate Pringle flavor that yeah, you have. I can't even imagine that. Well, during the interview, the cops asked her about a Mickey Mouse watch she was seen wearing in the photographs. You know, because when someone goes to the hospital for abuse, they take photographs of all the bruises and wounds. Yeah. The reason behind this question was that Kristen French 
had owned that exact same watch. Oh my yep. fucking god! She was wearing the victim's she watch, was, and it's a Mickey Mouse watch. These she kids, was actively, kids. actively wearing it. She, it so, wasn't in a box. So it was, she was wearing this as a as a um, treasure or as a trophy. Uh, trophy. We don't know for sure if it is her watch. Carla said that it was the Mickey Mouse watch belonged to her sister. And her sister said, yeah, like, I've got a Mickey Mouse watch just like that. But it still made the fucking cops, made something go ding, ding, ding. Because they knew that psychopaths sometimes took trophies. And this Mm -hmm. watch Mm -hmm. seemed to be just such an artifact. At the very least, it was reminding her of the crime. Yeah. But despite Carla's supposed depression and suicidal tendencies, she began dating again. (gasps) Just a what? little over a month after oh, she left Paul Bernardo. Somebody single. What oh you gonna do? Serialkillerdate.com. Oh. And he was right there, man. That guy, yeah. this man just showed right up for it. Oh, oh yeah, Jim God. Hutton. Oh yeah, he's just like, me and Gar, honestly, Garla, I love the hair. <laughs> she's, yeah, I mean, obviously they're called the Ken and Barbie killers for a reason. I mean, I mean she's fine. She's fine, yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 she's cute enough. Well, yeah, and you know, Jim Hutton. Looked a lot like Paul Bernardo. Even drove the same car. But according to him, he and Carla mostly ate pizza, had sex, and watched hockey. Canadian at its very best. She should have just done that her entire life. That's great. She was Mm -hmm. doing all of that, but also keeping sex lives. Yeah, Yeah. that's the... I'm saying, you know, carve out that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, once Carla figured out that the cops were thinking about involving her in the murder charges, Hmm. she told her lawyer that she had been involved in the death of her sister. And she told her lawyer that she had been there when Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French were killed. This is the first time she's coming out with it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so you were there when three people were killed. But she just kind of floated this, right? Mm Because she knows that now the fucking, they're really starting to zero in on her. And she's just being like... I actually might know quite a bit about uh, something that happened over there. I yeah. don't know what happened. I And I was there for it. But we're going to yeah. have to wait to talk about it because I'm not ready. I'm not emotionally ready. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. So Carla and her attorney basically began working the police, setting the scene for the big offer to come. In her next interview with the police, Carla talked further about Paul's abuse. And while this would be a gut-wrenching affair for most people, Carla lit up when people paid attention, almost as if she were feeding on their sympathy. The way I would describe Mm. it is that it seemed as if it was a gossip-like session for Mm. her to talk about this shit. Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of one of her statements. One of her statements, it's like they, they have a, like her talking about it. And she like, you could see she tries to act like traumatized, like not to be anything, but it's weird. She gets caught up in telling the story. And obviously it's just been like, and wouldn't you believe like that kind of stuff where you're mm-hmm. like, you were right. like, it's like you're, you're talking like with your girlfriend while you're shopping. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she was happy to, to get it off her chest or maybe, and she also may think that she's really controlling the narrative so perfectly. She's gleeful. Well, the truth huh? is, is that yes, as she started, the de- as the deal started to take form, she became more at ease. Yeah, I'm sure she did. And the detectives did their best to lead Carla to the story that everyone wanted. They would tell her about instances in which abuse victims disassociated themselves from situations in order to survive. And Carla would say, yep, 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 yep. that's me. Mm-hmm. They then told her about battered wife syndrome. You, wh- I am the most battered wife. I might as well be a fish fry. <laughs> oh, I wow. am the most. A con, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Then after it was all over and the cops had a suitably sympathetic view of Carla, she and her lawyer went for the kill shot. 
Carla would testify against Paul Bernardo in the murders of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French, but only if Carla was granted complete and total immunity for the murders of both girls. Jesus. All right. And they either were like, hmm, tantalizing. Yeah, but what about all, do you even need her to fucking testify? You got 10 hours of videotapes. I don't know they don't know about that yet. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, last episode, we did go a bit into the paper that Canadian police used to justify Carla's claims. Henry went through it. But it also seems that prosecutors might have been, let's say, a little overeager to get the whole thing over and done with in the easiest way possible. <laughs> what else do they have to do? I well, don't understand it. I've got I mean, the biggest pumpkin competitions coming up, and my <laughs> pumpkin is honestly, I haven't been there to encourage it. Well, you don't have to encourage it. Yeah, you do. It's you gotta a sit gourd. There. I got to get my well, worker chair out. Huh. I got to go up to it and be like, grow, you bastard. Grow, wow. you're behind the others. Sometimes huh. they need some harsh, harsh love. Also, I believe it might be a legume. A pumpkin? Pump. Pumpkin's a gourd. Nah, it might not be a gourd. I looked it up recently. <laughs> do you have any idea now what we just opened no. ourselves up to a with everything is, that we've done? A legume is underground. It, it's a it's a root plant. My gourds go underground every single time I talk about this case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Carla Malka will go dig them out for you. Well, in the Carla, uh, I was about to say in the Carla Gord scenario, in the Carla <laughs> Deal scenario. It's a, it's a squash. <laughs> it's good. I'm glad. Good. Yes. Thank you. Good. We just good. avoided letters. Yeah. Yeah. Just got some. I got a fucking answer right today. Well, in the Carla Deal scenario, cops had an eyewitness to all the crimes who could go on the stand and lay out the whole thing for them instead of them having to go through all the pesky business of building a case. So investigators took the deal. When one of the first caveats of the deal, which I think is very Canadian, is this: they're like, "Now you gotta be, you, now you gotta promise to tell the truth." Oh <laughs> right? Like that's the main thing of the deal. You just have to promise. You got to promise. Because <laughs> no, okay, I killed three people and I raped my own sister. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'll promise to tell you as, the truth. As long as you're honest about it, we love it. We oh love everything. That you I'm say. just so fucking. <laughs> But he also, they, they didn't know that they had it all on videotape yet. This is mm. before they knew so that they made there it. was all of this other evidence. Oh, She's very, very smart because she waited to tell them that it's all on tape. Once all mm-hmm. the tape comes out, though, can't the cops just say, what about that? Oh, this new evidence has come to light, it's man. because you're like, already going to sign the deal. You've already mm-hmm. signed like the deal. There's got to be a yeah. way to... And they said, basically, they said, we can't renege on a deal. Canadians don't renege. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now, this doesn't mean that Carla wasn't going to serve any time, because that'd just be fucking crazy. But in order to serve that absolute minimum, her lawyer told her that she had to act the part. So she moved back in with her parents and broke up with her new boyfriend. Fucking a new guy a month after you left your abusive husband and while you're going through a murder plea deal. It looks bad. Looks like you're not taking it seriously. That man seriously just seems like every dude just wants to drink some beer, eat some saw, watch hockey. And then you're like, what are you up to? He dated Carla Homolka. He He didn't didn't know it was Carla Homolka yet. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. That's a big secret. Mm -hmm. It's huge. I'm actively being investigated for all the big crimes. You know, all the big crimes everybody's talking about? The Canadians are on. Yeah, yeah, you're talking Mm. about how the the crime of the Edmonton Oilers and their (laughs) performance is here. Good work. Live from your grave. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms. Can you believe it? Google Docs. Work on that. 
Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack. Saying things to my employees. All my, 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 my main doldgers walking around here. It makes sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I try to say not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high-quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword, except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? And data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its goods. All right, so Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow, I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Meanwhile, cops still hadn't arrested Paul Bernardo. He'd actually started dating again as well. What? Yeah, reconnected with a woman named Marie Magritte. Now, we say that Carla is a one in a million woman, but Marie seemed to be at least somewhat on the same wavelength. After Marie was suitably impressed with Paul's claims to have gone full time as a rapper. I mean, if he doesn't, (laughs) if you don't have another job. You are a full-time rapper. Oh, yeah. After that, the two of them went back to his place where she typed this odd little message into the word processor on Paul's computer. Marie loves Paul with all her heart and soul and promises to have wild and violent sex with him tonight and every night. In response, he promises to be a faithful, loyal dog, in which sex with any other female is punishable by death. By order of Her Majesty the Queen Marie, and she will punish him if he is unfaithful. Mm. Now, what what in the hell is Mm, happening? Hi, Marie. God, that poor computer (laughs) having to take all that in. My goodness gracious. Okay, so she might be a little bit off her rocker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe just a little. <laughs> yes, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. She's got a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. But about a fucking 
week later. Yep. I mean, Paul, you, got, you can't startle them. Yeah. All right. Paul, you can't, man. Honestly, you got to let them ease into jail. I guess. Paul was finally arrested for the murders of Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey. Woo. When he was arrested, though, he acted just as bored and entitled as he'd been every other time he'd been questioned. See, even though he was unstable, Paul still thought that he was invincible. Even after he'd been arrested for two horrific murders, he was still certain that this was just a slight roadblock on his path towards becoming the biggest white rapper in the world. Dude, Maybe geez. if he tried to gain weight and actually became the Guinness World Record holder for yeah. largest rapper, Chubby right? Like if rapper, he actually yeah. might have gotten a way in. That could have been a good hook. Well, well, I, think he's not, I don't know if he's fucking, yeah, Big Pond. Fatty Blonde. The- <laughs> Fatty Blonde would actually work. It's also a good name for a beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, smartly, Paul actually said nothing to the cops concerning his crimes. It was either no comment or I want my lawyer. But when one detective remembered something Carla's mother said about Paul, the detective brought up Paul's theory of life concerning looping. Mm-hmm. And Paul suddenly came to life. Yeah. Like music you, looping? Yes. Yeah, okay. he, using the ding, 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 oh ding. Oh, my God. Using that as an example. Oh, Paul God. went into a long diatribe about beat looping and sampling. The cop, sensing he was getting somewhere, asked Paul if he had a record contract or if his album was finished. Because honestly, I'm liking your style. And, yeah. I'm, and I've been <laughs> yeah. looking to get into the talent management business. You know, that's the one nice market that rappers hadn't cornered yet. The police. Mm-hmm. So if you can get all police, police to love your rap, like your that's rap. Huge. I mean, that's a niche market inside but, of a niche market. Yeah. But this line of questioning was unfruitful. What follows here is Paul's true response, said during his interrogation for the murder of two teenage girls, the only time he came alive after saying no comment or I want a lawyer to every other question. You know, a lot of it's in my mind, you know, because you have a you have a song and you and you know what you know, you know, <laughs> what beats going to go to that song, like what that what the song's about, you know, like the blah, 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 blah. And then it's sort of like there's preparation time, you know, so uh, if you want to be a writer. You got to go into love songs. You got to pull mm. out how people feel, you know. And you, you can't just say, there, I love you. You know, that's yeah. how I'll go. And then you walk on the beach. You have to be able to put it in a, on an image, right? Like it's like a scenario, a type scenario where you walk on the beach and through the sand, hand in hand. You see how that rhymes? Sand in hand. <laughs> so I've done the research into other people's songs, right? And I pulled out their best images. And I spent a lot of time like doing that you know plus it's a lot of rhyming and stuff like that so i spend a lot of time putting words that kind of rhyme together you know so so i could sit here and say instead of saying rap say see rhymes would say like back you know what i mean rap or something like that and then you could sit there and you're gonna have a whole page of like what rhymes Uh i have a rhyme book Dude, to back that up, the, in the rhyme book, it, it's not as detailed as kind of what and I wanted. And that's when the fucking detective said, enough! Stop okay. it! No he, more! He is the McDonald pizza of rappers. <laughs> it is just not good. I did not improv on that. No. Like, there is, <laughs> no. like, there, this is a wow. zero rip from the interrogation. That yep. is unbelievably horrible. Yeah, they then tried moving on the cement. You remember the cement that Leslie Mahaffey was in enca- her body was encased in yes. after the murder, and they did that horribly wrong as well. Uh, they started ribbing him about how poorly he'd mixed it. 
But Paul, deflecting the trademark Canadian passive aggressiveness right back, just said that if he'd mixed the cement, he would have done the job right because he would have read the instructions. Because <laughs> what you got to do here is oh, I'm going to fucking scream. <laughs> man, those beaver lumber, they're still just going about their day mm-hmm. like nothing happened. huh? No. Yep. Now, eventually, cops got a full search warrant for Paul Bernardo's home. They found blood spots on the wall, newspaper clippings about each of the crimes, test tubes containing mysterious substances, and a brown paper bag filled with soiled women's underwear. But what's weird is, right, they did not technically find a heck of a lot of physical evidence inside of the house. Yeah. They found these things, and it was really flimsy. So the underwear are pretty big of yeah. the victims. But you could you can kind of explain shit away. Like, he buys fucking underwear, and he comes in them. Is that a crime? That's what he does, right? Like whatever. But then they found these tapes, and they did not know that this was going to happen, right? They found these tapes, and Oh, my gosh. What's on this, I wonder? all there. Yikes. Yeah. That's the thing. The, sh- the tapes showed Carla as a willing, lasciviously participating partner, including oh the God. tape with the Atlantic City sex worker, where Carla, according to Invisible Darkness, didn't look like anyone's victim. You know, not to be too out of school here, because she had a signature move. She did have, in the video, she had a signature, mean a signature move. signature move? She liked... Like the figure four leg lock? What she, are you talking about? <laughs> she liked sitting on a woman's face. Right, like she liked to do oh, the like thing. Oh, like Yokozuna. She, oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like a lot of wonderful women yeah. that like to sit on somebody's face, sure. right? And so she, that was her thing. And she would do that continuously, very enthusiastically. Yeah. Okay. But included with the regular sex tapes were the recordings of the rapes of Tammy Hamolka, Kristen French, and Leslie Mahaffey. <sighs> so Carla was formally arrested and charged with murder, but... Deal's already made. Yep. This is all just a part of the plan. In exchange for her testimony, Carla would receive a 10-year sentence and would be eligible for parole in just three. In the meantime, Carla was sent to a psychiatric hospital until the trial, where she was diagnosed with PTSD. Only problem was that while she was under care, she was still sending nude Polaroids of herself to that guy she had dated right after breaking up with Paul over to Jim Hutton. Do you have any idea how difficult it is to get a picture of your asshole with the Polaroid? I mean, that is not easy. You have to set it up the timer. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if they had timers in the early 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 For the Polaroids, of course. And just about every other aspect of her character was found by other doctors to be wildly inconsistent with a diagnosis of PTSD. But while her immunity applied to Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey, there was still the matter of the murder of her sister Tammy. Mm-hmm. For that, Carla got two concurrent 12-year terms, which added just a year to her mandatory time before parole. Oh, they didn't add it, they didn't add it to the other one? No. So it wasn't no, no, two no, no, years, no, 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 it was just 12 she got years one, total. She gets one, like, you're bad. Mm-hmm. And then that's So it. they all ran concurrent. Oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. And so Carla Homolka spent four days giving her statement on what happened with the three murdered girls, as well as all the other rapes she and Paul committed. She told the same stories again and again, but each time she'd either add details or omit details, depending on who she was talking to. And from what investigators said, she loved every minute of it. Now, her testimony was too much for some detectives, and one even got physically ill during Carla's testimony. So Canadian. 
<laughs> That's the thing, man. It does get to a point where, like, I do understand it is very traumatic, but, like, yeah. you're a cop. They're on a gravy yeah. diet. It's hard. It yeah. comes up. Well, as such, they took a lot of breaks. And while you'd think that Carla would welcome breaks from reliving all this horror, she told them they were actually taking too many breaks. And if they were taking breaks for her sake, they shouldn't worry because she was doing just fine. So obviously, Carla- if you bring a mannequin in here, I can show you on the mannequin or what we did. And I, I actually, <laughs> yeah. I've been drawing a bunch of pictures of it, and I've really been thinking about it. I got my buddy Jim. He could stand in for Paul. So the Carla thought the cops were lazy. Well, not lazy. It, it wasn't that they were lazy. It's I think it's that she loved recounting the tales, and she was getting tired of having to stop over and over again. She was getting oh tired. Right when she was getting going, they'd have to take a break. I think she I'm was just, just enjoying to it too con- much. Oh, my God. Another break. <laughs> So, based on Carla's testimony, Paul was formally charged with two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of kidnapping, two counts of unlawful confinement, two counts of aggravated sexual assault, and one count of indignity to a human body. That's, of course, the dismemberment. And one count of not owning a cream Camaro. I can't believe how much cream Camaro stuff we talked about. You don't even have it? That's a crime to me. You don't even have it? You don't even have it. But you get an award for being the best rapper we've arrested for rape today. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Paul's father was just being released from jail on an unrelated molestation charge. Oh my God, this whole fucking family can go. That's not his biological daddy. That's just the one who raised him. Okay, great. That's just wonderful. That makes me feel worse. (laughs) Yeah. And as soon as he was released, he started taking bids on his story about raising the most notorious sex killer in Canadian history. So he was fucking proud of it. Yeah, he loved it. He he, he loved the attention. These guys all love attention. But also Mm -hmm. one of the deals, one of the, the only like, I think, like good part of the deal that she got is that she was prohibited from making any money off the story yeah so she was not allowed to sell her life rights she wasn't allowed to write a book she so there that's was that the only movie thing. made about her yeah but she yeah. didn't make any money from that and it was just lauren prepon mm-hmm. i like her that 70s show she's good she it's not her fault but ooh. yeah it's bad now before the trial prosecutors had to review the tapes paul and carla made oh, there were in fact just two made involving the sexual assaults, but each one was three and a half hours long. God damn it. That's so fucking brutal. I remember mm-hmm. doing um, grand jury duty and we had to watch an assault so that took long. place in a, uh, in a uh, hallway. And it is so fucking traumatizing. I feel horrible for the jurors, truly. Oh, yes. Talk mm. about having PTSD. I hope they went to therapy after this. Yeah. Well, the thing is that the family... you see true horror like that, you, you never expect to see it. But what's fucked up, and it's... I mean, obviously, this is a very complicated issue, but the victims' Ugh. families were trying to block anybody from seeing... Yeah, I actually tapes. understand that perspective, too. But, but the, you got to get the guy convicted. If you don't watch the tapes, oh. that was the evidence. But did they... How, okay, well... That was the evidence. Yeah. No. Well, the first tape, named Red Hot Chili Pepper... Oh my fucking God, I'm going to kill this man. Is he alive so I can go kill him? Yeah, he is, he is. Yeah, that had sex acts involving Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French. And also Red Hot Chili Pepper, I don't think it was a reference to the band. It was a reference to the fucking Hot Wings place that Paul liked. I'm just so much more mad. And just, yeah, that it's wing-based? I can't believe you brought food into this, <laughs> especially one of my wings? favorite foods, You're chicken wings. You're bringing wings into this? I'm going to fucking kill this man. Also, wings are how him and Carla met. 
Yeah. Oh, God, just gripping each other, just rubbing her clit with this spicy finger. Ugh. It happens sometimes, though, in consensual no, relationships. It really shouldn't, though. You need to wash your hands before you touch somebody's private parts. I know, or I know. yours. You just, you wap, you, you Don't wap, even pick your nose. Sometimes you get so riled up because the wings are there. And, no, I know. Yeah. I went to the bathroom actually recently after having some hot wings, <laughs> not fully washed my nuts. I was like, well, they're alive. I definitely <laughs> felt that. <laughs> The second tape was a continuation of Kristen French, but also had the rapes of Tammy Lynn and Jane Doe. In this one, despite Carla's claims to the contrary, she could clearly be seen pouring halothane on a cloth repeatedly and holding it over Jane's face. And from what people who saw it said, Carla was having one hell of a time throughout. She really was. So at this point, the plea deal is done. And she goes on and she still testifies against him. The jurors must have been like, get the fuck out of here. I mean, they, yeah, I mean, the jurors, I, there's, if there's no, if no one's getting charged with the crime, then what the fuck are the jurors have to do with it? Well, they're also being instructed, right? Because basically they say like, she has a deal. Like, yeah. she is not like, she's not a part of the, she's already going to be punished on the side. We're going to do it. But now you're going to mm-hmm. listen to her as if she is a very, she is a very important witness. Yeah. yeah. Well, the rest of the tapes contain six and a half hours of voyeurism, from girls undressing through bedroom windows to two different segments of girls urinating. There was also a 70-minute segment in which Carla role-played as Tammy, and this was after Tammy had been killed. So gross. Meanwhile, more and more people were starting to see through Hamolka's ruse. Mm. Although by this point, it was too late to do anything about it. Hamolka's yeah. ruse sounds like a chess move. It does it sound, really does, yeah, yeah. Or like a yeah. Polish romance. <laughs> <laughs> One doctor said that she showed no lasting signs of abuse. And the only thing wrong with her was that she was stressed about going to jail. Others noticed that she would lie if it was in her best interest to do so. And again, her stories changed depending on who she was talking to. She also used the recovered memory trick. Oh, no, no, no. I just remembered something else. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Big Bird was there. And Big Bird. Bird. Oh, no kidding. Of course, she learned that from her favorite book in high school, Michelle remembers. Hey, we oh also have to remember, God. Paul did join the Masons during this whole time period. Yeah. There are some people who wonder if he was a part of some system, some other huh. men who some come about like some, some mm-hmm. group. There's some, there's, yeah. Because if you haven't be. watched Program <laughs> to Kill Part 63, you don't know enough to talk about this no. case. I don't think okay. he's quite smart enough to be recruited by anybody. I don't know if That's the sad. Illuminati is even smart themselves. The dumbest, biggest conspiracy. Yeah, the <laughs> Illuminati. Well, then... Well, then it came time for the trial. Over the course of nine days, Carla casually testified on her version of events while talking the jury through all of the videos, which were shown three times in their entirety during the trial. Oh, my God. You can just see it like, and then that's when we did that and then I took the then I took the nuts out of the lizard. <laughs> yep. And yep. then we had lunch. Yeah. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh my fucking god. I, I do in all of the you watch a bunch of coverage of the trial. In one of my favorite bits was they really focused on there was one guy that was an expert called by the uh, who's called by the prosecution, whose only job was to prove that it was uh, that Paul was able to move a two hundred pound concrete block from his house to the where they dumped the body, right? And his He's just, he's like, and we went out there. We mixed the concrete 
and we moved the 200 pound thing and honestly at the very end you really got to look up to Paul for the amount of work that oh he did. Oh my god. <laughs> he's I'm going to die. I am so upset. It's just oh. simply it was exhausting. Oh god. And the fact that he even went and did it was just like cuz then I was thinking though as I'm doing I'm like why am I even doing this and I forget I'm a paid investigator for the prosecution. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> theoretically the, you're pretending you were your murderer trying to hide a body. I got the tips to, going as you can see yeah. I got my tips going. I learned <laughs> right. some rhymes. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is that when Carla was up there, like she had a complete and total change in personality. She's just fine. She wore no makeup. Shit. Very. She dressed very. She dressed down, and it was very just like she went the humble Casey Anthony approach. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the prosecutor said, no, no, no. The change in the personality. It's because she's coming out from under Paul's shadow. That's why she's fine now. Sure. But the doc- shadow. But doctor on the other side said, no, no, no. We can use that same data to indicate that this woman is a psychopath. <laughs> sure, you could have, yeah. yeah. But as Carla got more and more attention with each passing day, she got stronger and more self-assured. Every day, she appeared fresher than the day before, as if she was looking forward to reliving the horrors she'd seen during her time with Paul Bernardo. Really the anti-Michael Jackson approach, because by the end of his trial, he was very sad and tired. Uh, he was mm-hmm. tired. Yes. As for Paul's testimony, he did. He took the stand, and oh, he yeah, also he enjoyed it. This is his he, big moment. This is the mm-hmm. biggest crowd he's ever performed in front it, of. It really is true, and Mom's it, it really shows. It shows <laughs> it. Like it really does. Like you could see whenever he has a chance. Like that interrogation video I watched. He once he's on camera, he really thinks he's a fucking superstar. Oh my god! He got to review each of his trophies in minute detail, and he got to watch his videos out in the open, savoring the shattering effect they had on everybody in the room. As for the prosecution's part, they were inadvertently playing along. During the video of Jane Doe, the prosecuting attorney went blow by blow with Paul on a close-up shot of Paul wiping blood away from her anus. And the prosecutor kept somehow incorrectly mispronouncing the word anal as anal. Oh, come on, man. We just got to fucking stop this already. I'm just... <laughs> U.S. criminal justice, we got problems. Yeah, we, got we, problems. Got problems. we got problems. This is like a different kind of problem. But, in- <laughs> there was also a clip, and I'm, I mean it. He did the Norm Macdonald thing. Where what? There was a, there's a clip, Note to right, self? Where he, the, he is watching this video, and, it, you know, all of this shit's going on. Like it's Like, it's the end of a rape, and then he... Goes to Carla. He said he screams at her. Go get me a tissue, you idiot! Right? He go get me a tissue in the courtroom. In the courtroom, they show this video. And then when he said, he'd be like, and he's like, honestly, you could say a lot about a lot of bad things about me, obviously. Um, because at the end of that video, I was a real jerk. (laughs) You were a real fucking jerk, Paul. It's not even a bit. You were a jerk. He does that thing, and he's just like, but you know, is it illegal for me to be a jerk? Oh and they're like, yeah, God. it is. You're a rapist. Because he yeah. kept saying, I'm a, I'm a says, jerk. His thing is, is that he admitted to to doing the sexual assault. Like he said, obviously this, but I didn't kill anybody. She did. Mm. Off camera, she was killing him. Yeah. And also when uh, the prosecution was going through like that whole uh, video, you know, with Jane Doe, they played it multiple times for Paul and kept That's making disgusting. him go over it over and over and over again. Well, it's because, again, they're just so naive. They're because they yeah. just, whatever. But in the end, 
Carla's testimony was really all that was needed to pen the murders on Paul Bernardo. He was found guilty on all counts and was sentenced to life in prison. Right. And today, he lives in a plexiglass cell like fucking Magneto, unable to congregate with other prisoners out of the certainty that he will be murdered. I got a uh, email wow. from someone I can't name, but they did say, because, you know, who knows? Who knows who if, he, if it's correct or not? But it did sound interesting, basically saying, like, yeah. Paul Bernardo spends his life. He gets one hour of recess a day. He lives in a he lives in a fucking Which plastic square. Just another larger square. Yes. And outside. then uh, he spends most of his day shadow boxing. And he said what he's doing, he's prepping for when he finally get out there, mix it up with all these fuckers trying to kill me. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, Meanwhile, he just runs open. right back to protective custody. He is not <laughs> yeah. trying to go to jail. No, no, I did read one not. comment. I don't know if this is true, but someone said that they have to bring his meals in like randomly from restaurants outside because the staff, if they know it's Bernardo's. Um, food, they piss in it, spit in it, and jerk off in it, and so yeah, on and good. so forth. Yeah. He deserves that for the rest of his life. I mean, yeah, it but happens. A lot of people. Except he gets better food because he's yeah, getting he gets it from restaurants. Food. Yeah. As <sighs> for Carla, she had a long journey all of her own through prison, which we'll cover on a future relaxed fit episode. It's we are. really a whole different side quest. <laughs> oh yes, man. Because yeah. she she really did go and le she lived a whole life. I bet mm -hmm. you she kind of didn't have the worst time. It's, well, she when in prison like she did say type was, in prison she said I have never felt as safe as I do in prison now that I'm away from Paul. Yeah, and she's mm -hmm. praying on God knows who in there. Mm -hmm. Few people, but regardless of your. But regardless of her adventures, Carla did indeed serve her entire sentence, paltry sentence, of 10 years. She was released on July 4th, 2005, with a statement from a judge that said that Carla was still very much a risk to the okay. public at large. But it might be that the judge was wrong. Although we don't know for a fact that Carla Homolka has been a model citizen since her release, she certainly hasn't been arrested for anything else, nor has she even been suspected of another crime, as far as I know. Most likely, all of Carla's juice is used up. Yep. The juice Unlike has been loose, and now the juice is dry. <laughs> Unlike male serial killers, Carla seems to have committed these crimes out of desire rather than compulsion. See, we've seen again and again male serial killers like Andre Chikatilo. Andre Chikatilo was killing, 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 went into prison, came out of prison, tried to not kill, and started killing again. Right. It's got something it, to do with how evil the penis is. The penis just has this, like, it's a, it becomes a compulsion and they can't escape it. It's a compulsion. It's a, it is a mental illness. It is a horrible, yes. horrible, horrible mental yeah, I illness. I don't know if we need to blame it up on an appendage that has no... No, my, yeah. pe my penis makes me do... Sometimes you got to get the devils out just so that you can work. You, yeah, you say that yeah. quite often. Yeah. yeah, I mean, these, are, these guys have a compulsion. They keep going even after it's obvious that they will get caught if they keep going. But Carla has no such compulsion. She did the crimes because she wanted to, because it scratched an itch. Now, she either no longer wants to do it, or she knows that if she does, she will go to prison for the rest of her life. Now, she did get married to her lawyer's brother after prison, <laughs> wow. and she did have children with him. But from last reports, Carla Hamulka now lives in Quebec alone, and God willing, that's where and how she'll die. Nice. I, can you? Nice. What is it like to be like, hey, mom, what was, what? Oh, when, oh God. You know what did you, you discover, do during the 90s? Yeah, where you were you when 9 11 happened? You know what you discover, <laughs> like, when you, you know, as you get older, you realize your parents are just people. 
And you're like, yeah, they make mistakes. I get it. I'm not going to hold no, these true. grudges because when my dad was 30, he had three kids. I don't know how to do also, it. But it, like when you realize your mom is a person, but then also one of the worst serial rapist murderers in Canadian history. I don't know. Uh, gosh, that's, I don't a, know. that's a tough Thanksgiving dinner. How does Jay Leno's kids live? Jay is just, I, he just wants to fuck cars. <laughs> God, I watched four minutes of that show. I've never, he literally, uh, he looks at cars like they are. Sexual. That's uh, very yeah. weird. To me, um, also, if anybody, what I've been trying to find <sighs> and scouring the internet for and can't find, Paul Bernardo wrote a novel from jail, <laughs> a sci-fi novel called oh. A Mad World Order. And this is the description oh of it. Oh my God. The overwhelming firepower directed at them meant, however, all of the Zetas were meeting their fate. Bodies with guns attached flailed upon the bullet's impact. Blood, flesh, and bones exploded from multiple parts of their bodies as the oversized bullets flew through them. The white the cement be- and stucco house and its patio was left behind with gray, tan, and crimson pieces of body art and blood. Why are the oversized bullets? It is the, I don't know. It is just, but it was about uh, the Russian plot to take over a social media site and satisfy ambitions to establish itself as an international superpower. Strangely oh. accurate. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that weird? He actually did call, he did call Facebook though. He did. Or Meta, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it's called now. Fuck him and fuck Meta. Fuck the whole fucking thing. I hope it sinks into the fucking ocean. Fuck oh, all these people. Well, that we, we, that, you did this. That went against our positive conclusion. We're trying to wrap up here. Um, <laughs> all right. So there it is. The disgusting tale of Carla Hamolka wow, and man. Paul Bernardo. Right. As we talk about all the time, be careful who you are in relationships with. Be careful who you follow. <laughs> Just be careful of the people that are around you. If everyone seems to uh, but also, you know, be doing bad things, then you know, you're going to be complicit. <laughs> oh, and God. Yeah, wow. Just be, yeah. Just be careful. Be careful. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you all so much for listening. We have a couple of things we really want to stress to you. So as- Stress it. Stress it. As Henry mentioned during the show, North Carolina, we are coming to you. We are going to be in Carolina. Durham and Raleigh, and it can't wait to be there. And it's going to be super fun. So get those tickets. Yes. And we also, don't forget about our weed line. Check out all the vapes. We got to move them vapes. Put them in your lungs. Put them in your brain. It's really tasty. I love our vapes. Yeah, they're very tasty. And don't forget Spring Hill Jack Coffee. You got to get there, get that Mothman blend. You got to put it in your fucking guts and you can shit your yep. pants. Um, <laughs> uh, the Velvet Underground series is going great for no dogs. Thank you. Yes, uh, indeed. Listen to all of the other shows. We have all these other shows. We man. have great shows. Spun, all, Top like Hat, Dune. Dune has another one. Yeah, get uh, your review. You guys you know. You know all the and fucking again, shit. And again, we cannot wait to be wide in February. So right now, go to Spotify, support us, and uh, we'll be everywhere oh. in February. Including Spotify. Including so. Spotify, of course. No, uh, all all love still You there. can't fucking escape us. All right. Well, you can. You, you can't. You actually have to actively seek us out. Fucking so. efforts. You can definitely <laughs> escape true. us. Yeah, I guess that's that the true. opposite of what they can do. They most people actually do escape us. Yeah. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty difficult to to get a following over the past decade. Um. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much. Also, we did this show for a decade. Car, this, the Homolka. She could have had a podcast, and that's yeah, isn't it? All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Keen. Magustulations, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Absolutely. Be safe, okay? And have a good Halloween. Yeah, you better. Oh, my goodness. And if you can... Uh, give out the big Snickers. Give out big Snickers. Out Come big on. Candy. They'll be cheap this fucking Kids year. Kids have been Come having on. a hard time. They got to go to school with They're all this new stuff. Vaccines. Parents are fighting give them the each other. Bullshit. Give them a big old candy bar or something. And no weed. Don't drug anything. Who's giving away weed? That's a good point. 
This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.